You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is going to be huge. 360 in the contract, never that. I just take the contact, I'll bring it back. I'm running on the fast break, behind the back. Yeah, this, that, this, that, this, that. Dirk with the Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, the editor of Smoking Cuban. If you're not seven foot and above, get out the way. Move! Get out the way! Um, man, what on, what on earth? Who Who is playing shoot, shooting guard in the fourth quarter? Dwight Powell or Maxi Kleber? Maxi Kleber was playing shooting guard. <laughs> <sighs> I promised the people. Uh, I promised the people on Twitter that I would. I would come up with some names because uh, a guy was tweeting out earlier, and he was like, "Last game, the Mavericks played Dennis Smith Jr., Yogi Ferrell, and Yo and uh, JJ all at the same time. So we need to. We need a name for this like mini hamster lineup." <laughs> and so like people were tweet. All these people were tweeting him names. Then I was like, "All right, now we need a name for this thing." <laughs> For this, because the Mavericks, in their loss to the Clippers, their their overwhelming loss to the Clippers, played a lineup in the fourth quarter to finish out the game. <laughs> the last three or four minutes of the game, they it was so. This is not just like a a fluke, you know, couple seconds thing. This is like a this is like garbage time. The Mavericks played Yogi Ferrell, Maxi Kleba, Dwight Powell, Jeff Withy, and Salah Mejri. That that is four dudes that are at least six ten and above, if not six eleven or seven feet, all at the same time. And then Yogi, who is you know the basic six foot six one. Why? Like why? Okay, taking the seriousness out of it, it was it was entertaining. Like I I had the most fun watching that line. It lineup. was funny. Just seeing first off. The defensive I, I rotations were hilarious. Who do you switch on to? <laughs> Where do I go? Are we playing a zone? What are we doing? Gosh. I mean, is, <laughs> has Maxi Kleba ever played the top of a 3-2 zone ever in his life? Never. No. no probably he's not. If you had no clue how the Mavs are doing this year, if you're an NBA fan, and but you, you're like, hey, how are the Mavs doing? And I told you. Well, it's the fourth quarter, and they're running ISO plays for Maxi Kleber. That will describe to you how this season's going so far. First, they would say who, and second of all, <laughs> exactly. Now, say, okay. I'll defend him. He didn't look bad tonight. I actually he thought not. he played. You tweeted out something early in the game, and are we okay? I, I've. I've stayed quiet a couple pods in a row now you about have, Dwight. You haven't, but what I, so what I, I tweeted I, out was he he took, you know. Carlisle played Maxi Kleba instead of Powell in the first quarter because usually he'd been doing this thing where he plays, you know, the starters and either it's Noel and Dirk or it's just Dirk and Barnes at you know at the the two front court spots and then instead he played uh, they started Dirk and Barnes at the two front court spots and then they brought in Kleba, um, Kleba and Noel at the same time um, for Dirk and Barnes or for for Dirk and then somebody else and then Barnes switched down to the three and so Kleba was playing Dwight Powell's minutes in the first quarter and he was doing some good stuff he got a tip for an offensive rebound that went to Noel he had you know another you know really good rebound he just he was doing some good things 
He uh, he forced Patrick Beverly into this really tough shot when he got switched onto him. I was pretty impressed by that possession, even though Patrick Beverly made it. It was like this one foot turnaround Dirk shot that he that Patrick mm-hmm. Beverly hit in the lane, and you're like, well, if you're going to force Patrick Beverly to hit that shot. I mean, that's that's pretty good defense. Yeah, I mean for sure. I mean he he looked a little bit better than Dwight. I mean Dwight Powell played 17 minutes tonight. Was 0 for 7 from the field, 0 for 5 from the three point line, zero points. <laughs> Uh, at the end of the game at the end of the game it was either harper or followell i'm pretty sure it was mark followell the mavericks play-by-play announcer he said and uh dwight powell having one of his worst shooting nights (laughs) 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 it's just like yeah follow like he he doesn't he tries to stay away from the negative but sometimes man you just Harp, Harp cracked me up because oh a couple so, times tonight Harp Harp was in rare form without skin so fourth, man he just goes for it the fourth quarter had all these guys out there and Salah which I'm team Salah all the time 100 percent of the time He's give like, me Salah on my team yeah and Salah literally pump fake drove the lane he did he started dribble up the court and another time and he just suddenly it's like really quietly says Salah's gonna get in trouble for that. <laughs> and I'm like, oh crap, yeah. Like <laughs> he's always in trouble with Rick. Sala had a block or late in the fourth, and he said, "I am Sala. Allow me to reintroduce myself." <laughs> <laughs> he had two mat- good like big time blocks. He, he, he brings does. instant energy, man. Like I love getting him on the court. Well, so does Dwight Powell. So you just throw him. That's Dwight, bull crap. JJ Yogi. Uh, that's the ultimate energy. There is a the difference between Courtney. energy and just running around and jumping like a gazelle in a field. All right. So as promised, I have names. I actually just pulled out a bunch of names for this this group. If we ever see it again, uh, and I think it has potential to add Dirk in there. Let's let's throw Dirk in there and let's just make it the the all the all seven footer club. Okay. Th- these are my okay. names. These are my names for these. And tell me if you like them. The tall wall of stall for Donkic. <laughs> Carlisle's gargoyles. What the heck? The tank some, stank. Some gargoyles are short. <laughs> the tank <laughs> The tank shank. <laughs> the BFGs. Big freaking guards. <laughs> the uncompliant giants. I do like that. This is my favorite one. The ran out of options concoction. <laughs> That's true. And then the name that I'm going to call this group, the Giraffe Gaff. <laughs> I was trying to think of stuff that's really tall, and I, mine wasn't. A, you know, you're great at figuring out funny stuff, and I'm sitting there thinking of like the forest. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But no, I like your giraffe one for sure. The Giraffe Gaff. So the Giraffe Gaff goes out there and plays. I don't know. That's so that's going to be on all lineup numbers for the rest of the season <laughs> this is what i like there's gonna be a four man so you know how in basketball reference you can look at two man three man four man and five man lineups there's gonna be a four man lineup of kleba dwight yes. Powell, sala and, and with and with for the rest of the year and forever for all time this is why i don't like this is the part that i don't get at all either i mean we talked about before the season you put a two book in, you know, it's where our roster is a you know, two bookends and we have all these guards and we have all these centers. That's why we can have the mega hamster lineup and the draft gaff lineup. Like that's, it shouldn't be possible. Like why you have to just ask yourself, like, why are we rostering all these dudes? Why have we not 
dumped with you to somebody? Why have we not traded Salah to somebody? Something to where this is not happening. Like, and, there's no reason for this to be happening. And guess what? There's two injured guys right now that have not played any games for the Mavericks. And guess what they are? They're a six foot two point guard, and they're a six foot ten power forward. Yeah, man, McBob would be balling right now. No, he would He'd be. No, he would not. Yeah, he would. In all these garbage time minutes, please. <laughs> We'll talk more about the game, but before we get to that, guys, we decided to push back our draft from Wednesday night to Thursday night. So if you're listening to this on Thursday, it is tonight. A couple of you are, have already followed me on the draft app, which I really appreciate, guys. Thank you so much for doing that. And we will have our draft tonight. If you love fantasy basketball, then you need to try our new favorite app. It's called Draft, straight up, D-R-A-F-T. It's daily fantasy basketball, but not like any of the other things, not like DraftKings, not like all those other ones. On draft, you play real life snake drafts with other people. It's just like a season long. It's just like in your season long league, but you get to draft every single night because that's the best part of it. I mean, Isaac, we started a, a season long league with other people on, you know, for Lockdown Mavs, and the best part so far has been the draft. The rest of it is just kind of meh because Hassan Whiteside's out for me. He's a top scoring player in fantasy, and I don't get to see him every night. Well, I'm on my way to being three and zero, so I'm enjoying this league quite well. <laughs> so here's how it works. It's a draft that lasts for just one night, and there's no management. Just set it and forget about it. You get five players. Once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wires. Don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Just draft, and it takes care of, even takes care of last-minute injuries for you. Draft starts every couple of minutes, so you can join one right now. Probably right now you can join one as you're listening to this and play tonight. Draft starts uh, every couple of minutes, so you can just join whatever you want. And the best part, play for cold, hard cash. Draft starts from just $1. You get a $1 entry, and for some of these, you get a $1 entry, and you can win like 10 bucks, or you can win like 100 bucks, depending on how many people are, are in the draft. There's no salary caps. Play in real-life snake drafts, just like you play with your friends in a season-long league. So come and join us on Draft today. Download the app anytime just search draft in the app store it's the first one that comes up join a game in minutes or play from your computer on draft.com whenever you want for a limited time all new players guys listen to this get a free entry into draft when you make your first deposit and all you have to do is deposit like a dollar you can put a dollar in there and they'll give you a free entry to a three dollar league just use our promo code remember this l-o-mavs l-o-m-a-v-s l-o-mavs Play a real money game for free using the promo code LOMAVS on your first deposit on draft. And follow me, Locked On Nick, and I will start a draft for tonight. Let's make it, I'll make it six players. So the first the first five besides myself that get in, and I don't know if Isaac's going to do this. He hasn't, he hasn't given me a confirmation. So the first five that get in on it can join. So just follow me, Locked On Nick, and then you'll be able to join our draft tonight on draft. I love this app. It's the best. I mean, I, I just want to make sure I give somebody else a chance to win. <laughs> <laughs> hey, in our fantasy football league, I'm back to 500, baby. Four and four. Yeah, you are. I was one and four, and now I've stormed all the way back. The com- comeback kid. He's coming back. All right. Anything else from this? Well, the Mavs didn't come back tonight. Um, Devin Harris they came started. came back to something. Came back down to earth is what they did. How a scale one to ten? How surprised were you that Devin Harris started this game? I was actually really surprised that he started this game. Nerlens Noel went to the bench. I was literally in in a room watching the World Series with a bunch of you know with some friends here, and I I leaned over to my guy. I said, "Rick hates Nerlens so much," <laughs> and that that's just my opinion. But 
Yeah, and especially on a, a night like tonight. I mean, I know Barnes has handled Blake pretty well, but I don't like you're 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 choosing Barnes on Blake over over Nerlens. Blake Blake had a pedestrian night tonight. He had twenty points, six rebounds, seven assists. Now the seven assists is a little bit higher, like two more than his average, but the rest of those numbers are right on his his averages. Uh, so Harrison Barnes did fine on him. And you know he didn't post him up too much. Um, he was just he just wants to go to his face up all the time. But yeah, Barnes did fine. <laughs> he didn't like he didn't like kill the Mavs. It was just man, like literally anything the Mavericks tried wasn't working tonight. Yeah, I mean they started off fine. Like the first, I mean first what, five half, minutes, half of the first quarter. I mean it was great. Like I feel like I think Dallas maybe up by ten, eight, something like that at one point, and. They, they were just hitting all their shots, basically. So, I mean, you know, I tweeted something about this, but, like, you know Nerland's is skinny, but then you see him up against somebody like DeAndre, and it's like, crap, man. Like, I mean, DeAndre's not even, you know, like a – I mean, he is – he's a massive you wouldn't, dude. You but, wouldn't consider him a thick player, you know? He's not – Yeah, a, I mean, he's, he's definitely gotten thicker since he's been in the league and over the past like three or four years, but when like you don't think of him just as like an MB, like just like massive, like raw, you know. It's but DeAndre looked like he was like three times bigger. Nerland like, looked like the stick off of Bugs Life, <laughs> you know, like walking around. It's like what the heck, man. I feel like he's gonna get broken half. But dang, I've not but, seen a Bugs Life in forever. I have no quotes. Um. I am a cute little bumblebee. <laughs> that's not the stick bug, but that's the first quote that I thought of. I like that movie. That's um, movie. Dennis had a good game, or I mean, at least like he bounced back from his game of, uh, against the Jazz, and he had 18 tonight. So. Yeah, let's talk about his his first quarter. So the first quarter, he had nine points. He had half his points. Uh, he had one on that dunk down the lane. They just opened it up for him, and nobody wanted to contest it, which uh, everybody's scared of the poster, man. Everybody, nobody wants to get on that Dennis Smith Jr. poster. Uh, yep. His free throws, he was four or five from the free throw line tonight. He was, what was it? Uh, going into the night, it was not good from from the four, free throw line. Ten, he was a, he was like nine of twenty one from the free throw line coming yeah. into the game tonight. So not great, but hit four out of the five of them. So I think some of that is just nerves. I, I mean, your dog thinks it's nerves too. He agrees. He's also in the turmoil that is the Mavericks tanking right now. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I did a piece for Halloween. It's kind of funny thing, whatever, about like three things I'm scared about. And one of them was this free throw shooting because, you know, at the time it was 45%. After Utah game, it went down to like 43%, something like that, 40%. And so, I mean, it's something I think he can bounce back in. But he shot 71% at NC State, not – something that you're saying he's lethal at so definitely something he can improve on but skin mentioned something i left the broadcast on just for a few more minutes after the game before i turned the tv off uh jeff skin wade mentioned something it was crazy because it was like the exact same thing that we had mentioned uh just a few pods ago but he mentioned on the air and he said or at his whatever he's at i was gonna say i don't think he was there (laughs) well he he was in he was at the table with like uh dana larson and buckner oh yeah and he said the only thing he's worried about, he said, hey, we a lot of people didn't expect the Mavericks to make the playoffs. He said, but none of us really expected them to be this like losing this much right now. And he said the only thing he's like really worried about is Dennis 
and Dennis losing so much. He said, because that was like the one thing that we, a lot of people were looking at NC state and just his attitude and his body language, stuff like that. And him just losing so much will that start to, you know, come out in him uh, as a 19 year old. And we talked, we've talked about on the pod, just, we, we just, I feel like it was just like a, yesterday's pod. We said, you know, how will Dennis be after we've lost like five in a row, six in a row? And so now we're just going to, and you know, like a lot of us are just banking on Seth right now. And how much will Seth change things when, you know, when he comes back and looking at the schedule saying, when's our next win? I mean, right now you're just looking at it saying, hope, you know, let's hope we find. We catch a team on an off night or catch somebody resting some players or something. So, I don't know. It's just something to see Dennis. We literally have to have teams break the rules. (laughs) (laughs) No, you can still rest players on certain occasions, but gosh. Uh, Also, wanted to mention JJ had a really off night tonight. He also, something that I've noticed the last couple of games that people at Moneyball keep saying is that JJ – has not hit anybody on an alley-oop so far this season. What's up with that? He seems to miss guys all the time. Well, I mean, when you when you only have, like, one player in the roster that can catch an alley-oop, that affects it. Um, you have, you have a couple on, the, on this roster. You have, no, you have Nerlens. You have Nerlens. And you have you Dennis. Have Dennis can catch oh, okay, a lot. Okay, 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 okay. Come on. Thank you. Come on. I'm glad, I'm glad you went with Dennis instead of another one. No. But, but <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I'm – it's harder to throw an oop to Dennis. Uh, I don't know. They did it the first play of the entire freaking season. Okay. Well, that might be on Karloff. We're not calling that play more. <laughs> but, yeah, but, right. It seems like automatic points to me. I don't know why he's calling. I don't know why he's not calling it more. It just seemed like he <laughs> called it first play of the season. He went up, dunked it points. I don't know. seems like automatic points to me. But yeah, I mean, it does seem like sometimes they try to force these oops to Nerlens and they just kind of launch him up there to him and say, Hey, hope you get it. But I mean, whatever. <laughs> if we if that if that's what we're bashing so much on, JJ's literally been our best player throughout the whole first part of the season. And if we're really gonna sit here and pick apart his alley oop throwing, then we got some. You know, let's focus on everything else he's doing well right now. No, I just thought it was odd that he didn't didn't seem because because last season he was. I mean, him and JJ or him and Nerlens connected on a lot of alley oops. It felt like like it felt like him and. JJ had some real chemistry, but I don't know. Well, is Nerlens connected with anyone right now? You don't, you don't want me. To, you don't want me to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, in the organization, I don't know, man. He's connected to us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, Dirk had a fairly good game tonight. Eight rebounds, thirteen points, shot five of eleven. His spot ups have been looking a lot better. Beginning of the first couple of games of the season, it seemed like he was missing missing a lot of those spot up shots. Yeah. Yeah. Besides that, I mean, there's literally it's hard, nothing it's hard to start to talk pulling about. stuff. I mean, like from a Clippers perspective, you know, Blake Griffin just everything was right for them when he's healthy and he's hitting a three. Um, he's a top ten, top fifteen player in the league, yeah. and I mean, it's just a few short years ago. It felt like. People were talking about him as an MVP candidate. So, you know how high I was on this Clippers team coming into the year. I have him as my sixth seed. Still have him as my sixth seed. Um, I'm high. I, I I just I really like their team. And um, yeah, I mean Rivers had a bigger night than he normally does, but whatever with him. Which one? 
<laughs> yeah, this team this team is pretty deep too because you start looking at you know Willie Reed is a guy that I didn't have on my radar that came out and I thought he was DeAndre at first to be honest like just out of the corner of my eye I was watching the I was watching the uh, the baseball game and then at the corner of my eye I saw this guy go down the lane and get a block and I was like what happened to DeAndre's hair like oh wait that's not because they they're built almost the exact same yeah and uh, and then him and Montrez Montrez Harrell are are fighting for backup five minutes and that's. I mean, that's a pretty good, you know, back and forth for them. I think I would play Montrez, but, you know. Yeah, Harrell had 8-8 eight and eight tonight. We, yeah. I've always liked his energy. Same. I mean, Decker locked some minutes. Uh, Thornwell, second-round pick for him. Uh, locked 23 minutes tonight. Solid guy. And they still got, you know, Lou Williams. I mean, Lou Williams had 17 tonight, so off the bench. But, yeah. That's they, normal. Sneaky change. The four assists was weird for Lou Williams, though. That's where I did. That is true. <laughs> Uh, the famous Ewing theory for this Clippers team, I think it will come true. I think it. I think you just see they just run a different type of system with Chris Paul gone, and I don't know if they'll gone. be better. The Ewing theory is that they'll be better. Um, I don't know. They could. They're they not going to be better in the playoffs. They could. I could. I could definitely see that. If they're your sixth seed. If means- if they're if they're healthy right now. Like if okay if they if they're the sixth seed and they're playing the Rockets, playing the Rockets, uh, the Spurs, or the Thunder. Yeah, I mean even playing the Rockets. I mean you're gonna put Beverly's gonna guard one of their guards. Thunder look I mean, good, man. Yeah, Thunder Thunder rolling right now. Clippers Rockets would be a fun series though. I don't know how many games it would go, but that'd be fun because you got the Beverly wrinkle. They are, the teams hate each other already. Chris Paul and Clippers right. going against each other. Yeah, Beverly, DeAndre, Beverly versus DeAndre Chris Paul, Capella. but flipped. <laughs> yeah. DeAndre and Capella. And oh, if we saw if we saw Chris Paul versus Austin Rivers a couple times, that would be hilarious. Cause that would be awesome. The story behind the Chris Paul thing is that Doc Rivers chose Austin Rivers over Chris Paul. but So, I, so I'll always make those jokes. but. <laughs> But no, I have uh, nothing else about this team or this game. <laughs> this game, this team. Uh, <laughs> all right, so uh, talking about Nerlens Noel, you know, it doesn't seem like he's meshing with anybody in the organization. I mean, it's the story we've talked about forever. There's a little wrinkle that just recently happened uh, with an Eastern Conference team, Isaac, that you wrote about that I'm interested in because there's all these different cap things and, and salary cap stuff and you and I have, you know, read a whole bunch of it and tried to figure out all these things. And there's still things every single day that we're finding out. So, what is the thing that uh, that happened with a Celtics this week that could have something to do with Nerlens? All right. So, when Boston lost Gordon Hayward to the season, they had the option to apply for the disabled player exception with the NBA. They're granted that exception and it's worth 8.4 million dollars and that they, exception with that exception the player has to be out the entire season like you have to look at the the injury and say okay this guy is going to be out a reasonable amount of time that you know is the entire season so they have determined that he's going to be out for the whole season and so they've been granted this yeah and actually with the exception the player can come back at the end of the potentially, year yeah. uh, potentially but gordon hayward uh, erased that possibility on his personal block today but anyway He's out for the year. The disabled player. Why are you laughing? No, just because the, the the state of journalism right now. Like, <laughs> uh, so anyway, so they get this exception. So they so now they have eight point four million dollars to spend it 
and but it's it's different than other exceptions okay so there's some restrictions on it and that 8.4 number comes through some just percentages of Hayward's contract and different things but here are the restrictions of how Boston can use this 8.4 million it can only be on one player so the one player can be either a free agent that they sign it can be a player they claim off waivers or it can be a, a player they trade for for instance they have the 8.4. They could go out and sign Gerald Green right now for a million dollars and put back. that million. Get him back. Yeah, and put that his million dollars right Get into that him exception. And his four fingers back on the team. <laughs> and then the exception is gone. So you can only use it on one player, no matter how much you use of the 8.4 million. Another thing with the exception, it has to be used on a player that's contra- that their contract ends at the end of the year. Yep. So if you sign a free agent, it has to be for one year. If you claim a guy off waivers, one year. If you trade for a guy, that guy has to have an expiring contract. No team options, no player options. So, And whatever contract they bring into that $8.4 million, it does not count against their luxury tax or anything like that. So you, you just get this free $8.4 million to play with that now Boston set back saying, okay, you, it's impossible to play, replace Gordon Hayward. You're not going to replace him. But who can you get for 8.4 or less that can help impact your team or push you in the playoffs this year? So instantly you start looking across the league. I think they're not going to use it as a free agent. So Because like why use a big chunk like this on somebody like Gerald Green or a Matt Barnes or something or like that? Or any of the buyout candidates that happen later in the year. Buyout's a little different, but you would be risking some things because that market comes after the trade deadline. So they, if you do- they have to use this by March. Yeah, my March 10th. So that's when you start looking into trades. Now, the mo- probably one of the most logical things is they wait closer to the trade deadline. They wait for some of these bigger trades to start happening, like these three-team trades. And they're the team that sits there and says, hey, to another team, you know, two teams working out a trade, we'll Can take we on Jay Crowder back. <laughs> we'll take on, yeah, we'll take on a contract, you know, for for you to allow your trade to happen. And then they'll absorb the contract into the 8.4. So you just have, they're in this unique situation though, because what player would have an impact or what player would come in and log valuable minutes on your team and have a positive impact that is expiring and makes more or makes less than eight point four million dollars a year. <gasps> ding ding ding. And that's why I say <laughs> Nerland's Noel. And so when you look at it, a couple different perspectives. You're not gonna, you know, Boston's not gonna so we we've talked about this Nerland's thing before. With Nerland signing have the we? one <laughs> Well, his like contract details. Yeah. With Nerland signing the one-year qualifying offer, he has this miniature, we'll just say no trade clause for better understanding. He has this ability to block a trade because he has his bird yeah. rights. Yeah, not a no trade clause. He has the ability to block a trade. Anyway, continue. Yeah, so if, if he accepts a trade to another team, he will lose his bird rights. Now, bird rights come into play whenever a team want, like if a team owns your bird rights, that means they can go over the cap to re-sign you. So that's why you see some of these teams in this luxury tax because their own free agents, they might wait to sign them or something, sign somebody else, then re-sign their their player because they have his bird rights and they can go over the cap to do that. So for Nerlens, and, you know, obviously if somebody's going to get, you know, if he's going to be a max player, he's not. 
you know, the, the whole like Dallas would be able to offer him five years compared to four and you know, all that crap, but that doesn't really affect like bird rights and stuff. So no, for Nerlens, it's pretty simple. If you're going to leave Dallas, if you're going to go elsewhere next summer, which Nick and I pretty have been pretty open that we think this marriage is going to be ending in a divorce. 98%. 98%. Then bird rights don't really mean anything to you right now, okay? So, But then you look at it across the league and say, okay, you know, you look at teams next summer that's going to have this massive amount of money that could offer him a contract 15 to $20 million, and you look at teams like Atlanta, Chicago. But if you're one of those two teams, why would you accept a trade right now? Or why would you give up anything for Nerlens when you could just wait and get him for free in the summer? So teams like that, there's no reason for them to give up something valuable for Nerlens when they can just get him over the summer. So you have to find a team that is pushing for the playoffs that might give up something to get Nerlens with knowing that he might leave at the end of the year. And that's why you look at Boston. Because Boston's sitting on a plethora of draft picks. So the trade I, or I wrote about is Dallas, what if they entertain saying, hey, Boston, we'll give you Nerlens to go into that exception. Give us a first-round pick in 2019. Boston owns three first-round picks in 2019. Not this coming-up draft, the next draft. They have their own. They have their own. They have the Los Angeles Clippers and then the Memphis Grizzlies. The Grizzlies is top eight protected. So... How are the Grizzlies going to look in two years? We don't know. Yeah. I mean, we don't know. So it's top eight protected. Then it, you know, if it doesn't convey that year, it goes to the next year of uh, a tighter, con, you know, restrictor or whatever it is. So, so my the trade idea I throw out, and really you could throw the Clippers pick in there if you don't like the Memphis one. Is Nerlens for one of those first round picks in 2019, either the Memphis pick or the Clippers pick? And I know. Mavs fans are probably sitting there and be like, oh my gosh, why would we just dump Nerlens for nothing, but you know, for a draft pick two years away? But if you're gonna lose Nerlens for nothing in the offseason, then why not entertain it? You know, like and if so you look at why Dallas would do it, and I, I detailed in my piece all this stuff, like why Dallas would do it. We've already talked about the relationship with Carlisle and organization stuff. If they think if Dallas is setting with Nerlens or they have this good understanding that hey, Nerlens probably isn't going to come back next summer, why not talk with him about accepting a trade like this? So then you ask yourself like why why would Nerlens do it? Would Nerlens approve that trade? Would Nerlens give up his bird rights to go to somewhere like Boston? And my question is why not? Like, your stock right now is not the best. I mean, he got 17 minutes tonight against the Clippers. He's in coming off the bench in a blowout. He's losing minutes to Dwight Powell. He he has situations where his, where his head coach is, you know, kind of halfway making fun of him in a you know press conference when he says, when he's asked about, you know, Joel Embiid's ability to do all this stuff, and he just voluntarily says, well, Nerland thinks he can do that when he wasn't even asked about Nerland. Like, so Nerland's – you know, he bet he put this big bet on himself to have this breakout season to earn a paycheck next summer, and now he's coming off the bench and just this whole situation. So why not accept a trade to Boston? Go to Boston, play some. I mean, they only have two players above six ten, Aaron Baines and Al Horford. So <laughs> go to Boston, get some valuable minutes. Probably go to the Eastern Conference Finals. Heck, you might start. You might have a big time year. And then, then you hit free agency, and if you still if you had plans to get a big contract for him, 
you know, Chicago or Atlanta, you can still get that contract. If not, now this is the, you know, the bad side for Boston is Boston doesn't have a ton of cap space next summer to offer him a contract like 15, 17, 20 million. The highest Boston can go next summer is their uh, non-taxpayer exception at like eight, eight point something, 8.6 million. Well, New Orleans definitely wants more than that. So it's kind of like a give or take. Will New Orleans get more than that next summer? Like if he continues down this exact same path right now, you know, would he get it? You would assume so. And then if you are Boston, if he does have this breakout season in you know, Boston, if he went there, he could still go elsewhere and get his big-time contract from Atlanta or Chicago or something. Or if Boston's really serious about getting him, they could trade off some pieces and create the cap space, not re-sign Marcus Smart, and create the room to bring him back for around you know $15 million or something. So I know I'm. that's a lot of information at once. Nick's just like looking at me right now. You don't know what do you fell, what you don't know if I fell asleep or not yet. <laughs> what what do you like? What do you think about it? Like why? Like if you're Boston, you're sitting on those three picks. Eventually, you can't just keep harboring draft picks. Okay, like you, they're still going to have two draft picks in 2019. What's the big deal about giving up one of them? You know. Yeah, we keep saying that, and it's only he. They've only done that once so far with the Kyrie Irving trade is actually, you know, handed in some of those assets for something and they only gave up one thing. And that was the Brooklyn pick, which is is great, but they still used, what did they use? Two, two other Brooklyn, (laughs) Brooklyn picks to get Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. So, uh, I don't think they would give a first round pick for him. I, I'm not sure that his interest is, is super high anywhere. The question becomes, is the need for the Celtics to get a, you know, a big, doesn't need to become so high that they kind of look past their, you know, anything that they, any reserves they had with Nerlens, and because he's a, you know, a free agent after the year, they're 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 cashing in for this year, with with Gordon Hayward going down, I don't think that they're going to be making a move like this, to try and you know go after it. Now maybe they think they can bring him in and you know coax him, you know, change him. They're like the girlfriend that says that they can change the boyfriend who you know either not the same religion as them or you know whatever like yeah. maybe that's what maybe that's what they think, but that doesn't seem to be the Celtics don't seem to me to be that kind of organization to come in and try to fix guys. They try to bring in guys that are you know a little more fully formed. Like look at I mean Brown and Tatum and Horford, you know the guys that they bring in are are not half baked. They're they're pretty fully baked when it comes to the personality side. If that if that makes sense. So yeah. I, I don't know if they would do it. Mavericks. I would absolutely do it. Absolutely do it. Why not? You have all these bigs. I mean, could could Jeff Withy do what Nerlens Noel is doing right now, production wise? Yes. <laughs> you know, like, In seventeen minutes a game. Yeah. yeah right. Like, I mean, because Nerlens just is not playing that well, and whether it's chemistry or whether it's just fit with the team or whether it's just he's unhappy, you know. I, we think it's all of the above <laughs> that it's just not working out for him. He knows that he's going to be gone. And so, yeah, try to get something for him. I think it'll end up sort of like the, the Jaleel Okafor thing just is, is turning out right now. Now this, the Jaleel Okafor things on a much worse scale, <laughs> but yeah, but, uh, you know, they they've been trying to trade him for what, four years. When did he get drafted? <laughs> they've been trying to trade him pretty much ever since. And yeah. haven't been haven't been able to do it. Haven't been able to do it. And the Sixers are still holding on to him and won't even buy him out at this point, even though they have nobody that's open to him. So, so stupid. Yeah, it, it is stupid. But I think the the Mavericks are going to be stuck with Nerlens. I think, 
Yeah, and so and the that's the, the thing. Like, and Nerlens can control that. I mean, Nerlens, all Nerlens has to do is sit back and say, you know, I, I asked him that on media day when I was talking to him. I said, hey, I know this is far in advance, but like, do, are you going to finish the season with the Mavericks? Because he has that control. And he was like, man, that's just, you know, that's so far in advance. Like, I just let my agent handle that stuff, whatever. But like, he was born in Boston. He's from Boston. Yeah. Like, he has that tie, you know, those ties to the Boston market. And really, if you're Boston, you have to kind of wait. Boston market, really, really bad mac and cheese. Okay, continue. <laughs> the restaurant. You have to you have to weigh if you're the Celtics. You know, what is the best way for you to use this exception? Is it, you know, can you, you weigh your options of giving up nothing for somebody like a Marco Bellinelli? And, you know, or give up, you know, setting back at the trade deadline and waiting for something like that and saying, weigh your options of what would have the higher impact of signing a Gerald Green for basically nothing or setting back at the trade deadline and saying, hey, we'll take somebody completely random off your books at the trade deadline for free or giving up one of your future assets, however you want to grade that asset for somebody like Nerland's. Because I think Nerlens and Horford could start together. I mean, I think a a, oh, a yeah. Nerlens a Nerlens Horford, a Tatum Brown Kyrie lineup would be nasty. Long. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think it, I I would love that lineup. So I don't know. I I definitely I definitely would get how <laughs> just something another fake trade to make Al Horford a four. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, I think he wants to play the four, though. It's the memorial. It happens every single year, though. Media people try to make a fake trade in the trade machine to try to get Al Horford to play the four again. <laughs> it just never seems to happen because the Hawks get Dwight Howard, but they got Dwight Howard, you know, and, and lost Al Horford, and then Al Horford <laughs> goes to the Celtics. And <laughs> oh man, yep. Yeah, it's, anyway. in, it's interesting. Go read the piece on the Smoking Cuban. It, it's fascinating the way that it works out. If you didn't understand any of it, he explains it pretty well on there. So go check that out. Tweet us what you think will happen. Join us on Draft. So just download the Draft app, follow me, Locked on Nick, and then uh, use the promo code LOMAVS to get your free entry into our draft that we're doing tonight. This is Thursday night. I will start the draft as soon as we're done here, and it will be opened up for people to join. So go ahead and join it. I will also post the link on my Twitter feed, and I will – Pin it up there. Also, speaking of my pinned tweets, Isaac. What 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 did you do? Nick Van Exel <laughs> blocked me on Twitter. I have never interacted with Nick Van Exel ever. I don't like he I don't know. I mean he had to see something. I guess maybe your name or something and thought it was like a dig at him or something. I don't know. He must have thought that it was a dig at him. It is totally not. It is totally it's like a respect factor. <laughs> totally. Oh man, I so I love Nick the Quick man. Like he is a great player. So he played for both the Lakers and the Mavericks. How could I not love him, guys? What if thank I just you start so- tweeting, tweeting him every day and be like, well, unblock Nick? I can't. But guys, I said, what about man? No, let's get the Nick Army, Mavs Army, and say <laughs> tweet at, tweet at Nick Van Exel and tell him to unblock Nick. Yeah, say say Nick Van Exit loves Nick Van Exel. Just just tweet that at him over and over, guys. Go ahead and tweet that to him. See if he'll get it. See if he'll unblock me. We'll we'll ha- and then we'll have him on the podcast. How about that? <laughs> and, the, and he can explain why he blocked you. <laughs> oh man, I think he's really interested in doing that. <laughs> guys, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for subscribing and uh, go rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Join us on Draft tonight. <laughs> <laughs>